Welcome to the Oil and Gas Global Network's Legal and Risk Management Podcast with Sarah Stogner, where each weekly episode touches on legal and risk management issues impacting the energy sector. Visit our website at www.oilandgaslegalrisk.com for more information on today's episode, past episodes, and upcoming OGGN events. Today's episode is sponsored by ThoughtTrace, developers of Alley, an artificial intelligence platform that reads and understands energy agreements and contracts to quickly find critical data. Hey guys, this is Sarah Stogner with the Oil & Gas Global Network's Legal and Risk Management Podcast. I'm sitting here in New Orleans recording this intro, and then I'm going to have two different guests today that I've talked to over the past couple months. The first one is Scott Scheffler, who's with the Permian Basin Road Coalition. And then the second is Ashley Smith with the Truckers Against Trafficking. And both are talking about initiatives to make our streets safer, right? And Scott talks about from the perspective of operators out in the Permian Basin who are trying to make it just simply safer to drive around. And then Ashley is going to talk to me about trafficking and what we can do as an industry to make sure that not only are we not supporting human trafficking, but that we're helping to stop it by spotting it. So I look forward to having you guys listen to these two different people that a little bit different topics, but I think that they tie in nicely together. So I've lumped them into one great episode that I hope you'll feel smarter because I certainly did feel smarter after talking with them and learning more about what they're doing. So first we're gonna hear from Scott and then we're gonna hear from Ashley. Good afternoon, this is Sarah with the Oil & Gas Global Network's Legal and Risk Management Podcast. I'm here today with Scott Scheffler. Scott, I'll let you introduce yourself, how about that? My pleasure, so I'm with the Permian Road Safety Coalition, but I'm also with Shell Oil Company. I'm the external relations manager for Shell in the Permian Basin. Oh, external relations. So you're the guy that when something bad happens, you have to help draft the language of how to report it? Is that you? So I have a, a number of responsibilities. Yeah. One of them is to actually work to mitigate some of the impacts that the industry has on the community. And uh, roads is one of those areas that we focus on. Oh, awesome, awesome. That's neat. Okay, so, but today you're here for the Permian Road Safety Coalition, and we are at the Permian Basin Oil and Gas Conference, which is happens every other year right here. That's right. And those of you that have been listening to the other episodes, you'll hear us complain about the weather because it is very non-West Texas weather out there. It's rainy and cold and miserable, but we are in the nice toasty uh, inside the arena today. So, And we've actually got, I wish people could see it, but we've got this really cool race car next to us, which is the Shell Pennzoil number 22. That's, that's pretty neat. What kind of race car? Is that a NASCAR race? I'm so ignorant no, on race No, this is a car. legitimate NASCAR okay. uh, race car from the shop in North Carolina. So this uh, travels about 40,000 miles across the country every year. And a truck and trailer pulls it around. And we have a team that brings it to different events. And uh, it's, uh, it's a fantastic uh, attraction tool. And that's what we're using it today is to really get folks to come over and talk about road safety with us. Yeah, yeah. No, it, I, I tell you what, it definitely did the trick when I was walking the floor looking for people to interview it sucked me in. So good, good. So job well done, guys. So tell me a little bit about the, the Road Safety Coalition and you know what you guys are doing and what you're all about. 
So the Permian Road Safety Coalition is, frank, frankly, a coalition of, of operators uh, in the oil and gas industry that also represents transportation companies, service companies, government and non-government organizations. And our goal is pretty simple. It is to focus on ways to make driving in the Permian Basin safer. So we, uh, we've been in existence for almost four years now. The way it started is, is, is uh, that we recognized that uh, injury accidents and fatalities in the Permian Basin were 100% unacceptable to an industry that is so focused on safety, right? Right, that's a really good way to put it, it is. Stop Work Authority is so, we, we joke about it that it's right, three points of contact and all these little safety sayings, but yeah, I mean, it really is a daunting out on our roads here. So speaking for Shell, we, we recognize that our number one non-technical risk was actually having our staff drive from point A to point B. Not things under pressure, not heavy industrial equipment. It was simply driving down the roadways. So we, about four years ago, held a meeting and said, hey, we need to bring all the operators together and let's figure out if there's something that we could be doing together instead of trying to work this issue by individual company. And 250 people showed up, which was wow. a huge exclamation point on that, you know, we, we do have a problem here. And so that organi- that group met and decided that the best way to, to move forward was to form a coalition that could work this in a more, you know, progressive way instead of in- having individual companies try to work this. Wow. Yeah, no, that, that's that's fascinating. So, you have any stats? I mean, we before we started recording, we kind of jokingly not joked that I'm from New Orleans, and when you turn on the news in New Orleans, you hear about the five people that were shot the day before. And out here now that we're in West Texas most of the time, I turn on the news, and you hear about the five people that died on the roads. Absolutely. So, I, I see that you've got a paper in front of you. <laughs> you want to you want to give our listeners a little. Uh, I would. Think of what that is. And I think what's really startling about this this number. So in in 2017, there was 143 fatal accidents in the Permian Basin. And the Permian Basin really is 22 counties, including in Texas, and two uh, two of those were in New Mexico. So 20 in Texas, two in New Mexico. And in 2018, we've already seen that that number exceeded to 203. And that was just as of the end of October. Wow. So as as we've seen activity increase, we've also seen the stats uh, increase. The number of accidents is even more staggering. I don't have that number. Obviously, fatalities, it's 203 too many. But what we've seen is, is that there's a culture in Texas and, and a culture in this region that, that has to be changed behaviorally. One, then that's what we're really focused on is what can we do as companies to influence the way our drivers are driving our fleet vehicles, but also how do we take uh, the, the, the massive focus on safety that we have in our business and drive that down into our contractors and subcontractors. And that's really what the Permian Basin is. Permian Basin Road Safety Coalition is all about, to really focus in on those best practices that we can share working with with local law enforcement on increasing enforcement where that's needed as well and also working with uh, the texas department of transportation for example to increase the uh, the spending on roadways so what we if you're not familiar with the roads in west texas they were built for agricultural use so right. hauling hauling the cattle up and down to, to market moving them from one ranch to the other right. not for this moving heavy, in heavy rigs equipment. and Absolutely. all the the, the, the sand and, and water yeah so is there are there best practices out there? You know, have you guys developed anything that if people are interested in saying, yeah, I want my company to kind of be on board with this, what are the resources and tools for where they can go to learn? So a couple things. I want to direct everyone to our, our website. That website 
permianroadsafety.org uh, is a great place to just to start to be able to find those, those resources. But I even at our quarterly meetings that we hold, about 200 folks show up from, from different companies, and the whole idea is to share those practices. The one I think that is, is something that uh, everyone can do is just have some simple rules for driving your vehicles. Don't allow your employees to drive without buckling their seatbelts. Seems pretty basic, wow, but yeah. I will tell you that uh, of these 200 accidents, probably about 20% of those are folks that died because they weren't wearing their seatbelt wow. and were ejected from the vehicle. In this day and age, it just seems foreign that we even have to talk about wearing your seatbelt, but is that important? So, right. so that's definitely one rule. The other one is, it's again, it's simple. Follow the speed limits. Those are assigned by the state, by engineers that have really studied these roadways. Follow the signs. That they're there for a reason. So that that's that's helpful. The other ones are are, are, the, are the little more problematic, right? So no drug and alcohol use. Right. That, that's going to cause a problem every single time. And then and then lastly, it's distracted driving. The the world we live in, technology wise, folks are on their phones constantly, and we have to have to put those cell phones down. So we've really focused in on products that you can put your cell phone in that would keep you from receiving a message. To simple things like just practices of like putting it in your glove box when you get in the car using the, the technology in the phone to send a message to someone that says, hey, can't answer you right now, right. I'm driving a vehicle. Mine does that, it auto-responds that, hey, can't respond that I'm driving, yeah. And so those are the simple things we, that every, each and every one of us as drivers and as company owners can do. But there's also some some more better uses of technology as well. So there's something called in-vehicle monitoring systems. So these are these have a price tag of about 1000 to $1,500 per vehicle, but it's absolutely amazing what it does. It, it actually provides coaching to your staff as they're driving down the road. If they exceed the speed limit, it immediately sends a prompt to the system that says, check your speed. It gives you three seconds to respond by pushing the brake and reducing your speed, and you carry on. So it's immediate coaching. If for some reason you don't respond to that, it actually dings your electronic record and shows exactly how fast you were going, where you were speeding at, and for the duration of that of that time that you were speeding. So that when you get back to the office as, a, as an employer, you can actually coach your staff by pulling up their record on a, on a regular basis to say, hey, we have a speeding violation on, on November 1st. Uh, you were driving for you know two and a half miles at the speed limit. That's not acceptable to our culture, and we're, you know we're going to be watching it. Right. And so it's it, you know we also emphasize that it's not necessarily a disciplinary tool unless it needs to be. Right. So if someone's repeatedly speeding in your in your fleet vehicle, you probably need to do something about it because they're putting your company at risk and, and certainly themselves. Right. I mean, and of course, me and my lawyer brain. Right. The first thing I go to is liability, and liability for your employee being injured in a workers' comp, liability for other people that are on the road. And I actually had a guest a couple weeks ago. And he was telling me about he had a policy of not letting employees drive in the fog. And it was a Saturday, and the company man had actually told, this was a service company, had actually told the service company not to come out, that they didn't, they weren't going to work that weekend. And his guys were getting paid regardless. And they, they were wanting to be good employees. And they're like, you know what? No, we're going to go visit the site, make sure everything's okay. And so they left in the fog and ended up on one of our highways here, getting into a really bad wreck and had a, a child that was injured and Luckily, no one died, but you know I can tell you that especially when you have third parties and fatalities, you're not getting out <laughs> right unscathed. So, and that's what's so nice about this. This this, uh, this in, in vehicle monitoring systems will not only look at speed; they'll look at whether or not you have hard brakes. 
whether or not you're just idling the car too long. So are you just burning gas somewhere? Right. That's a, obviously a cost to your business. Or yeah, H2S. Somebody got out and has passed out. Absolutely. And then it's like, hey, why where are they? Is he? I, yeah, where is he? Make sure that, that as a safety. Protocol, it's, yeah. it's, it's you know it sounds expensive but I, I'm telling you it curves the behaviors because they know someone is watching you can even go even more expensive models some of the transportation companies like Ryder for example are actually using cameras both in front of them so looking at what the traffic situation is at the time of driving but also what is the driver doing so that if there is an accident investigation they know exactly what wow. was happening at that moment uh, prior to the accident right so it really depends on you know, obviously your budget but the idea here is and this is what the road safety coalition is all about is sharing these ideas what are, you know what are the risk and the rewards what are the best practices how are companies utilizing these different technologies and and sharing that with as many companies and contractors as we can with the idea that the more vehicles that have in vehicle monitoring systems the more companies that are focused on doing the right things it's going to make a difference in our roadways the, the key thing and where, where we struggle quite frankly is we, we we need to get in front of the subcontractors the small mom and pop companies that might have one or two you know trucks in their fleet that are struggling to get started, but they're equally important to our road safety as the big companies with, you know, 500 vehicles. Right. So it, that's where we're focused on the next couple of years is, is working through our contractors, working through their hiring to make sure we're, we're getting the right folks hired, the right amount of training, and then sharing these best practices and where we can saying, you know what, I, I can speak for Shell that we're willing to pay for an in-vehicle monitoring system in your vehicle. Yes, it's going to be mean a little bit more in our invoice, but we think it's going to make a difference in your performance and they're thus reflect on our performance right and I think you know at the end of the day we all have to remember we are we are in the Permian Basin to do our job but we're also guests of these communities and if if we impact someone in the community that's not acceptable right and so we need to be doing everything we can to protect the community protect our staff and contractors but quite frankly just to do it the right way right yeah that that's I like that so has there been any type of discussion of the big trucks the 18 wheelers the the water hauling trucks, the sand, right? I mean, I think that, that that's what everyone's worried about. So are there some best practices above and beyond maybe federal regulations for sleeping and, you know, things like that? So so that, that those are the exact issues we deal with. Fatigue management is another one that we've really focused on working with the transportation companies that are hiring these truckers to to make sure that they're doing the right background checks you know there are simple things that that you can do to pull driver's license histories to understand whether or not this individual that you're handing the keys to every day what type of driver they are so we, we shared that best practice with a, with a smaller company and through the road safety coalition in the following meeting they came back and said whoa we, we were shocked we were handing our keys to somebody that had two dwis in the last year and we're one half of a point from being from losing their license and wow. we were handing the keys out every day right it's clearly not the not a best practice and so by sharing the the practice of just checking driver's license records uh, on a regular basis we were able to take a, a really inappropriate driver off the road right and so those sorts of practices are what what we're encouraging I, I will tell you you know the, the transportation industry does a really good job on, on their education and training pieces what we're seeing the, the issue is is it's it's different here there's so much activity in the Permian Basin on these roads that were not planned for for this type of activity and and that changes the parameters you can do all the education in the world on how to back in a truck and how to how to steer a truck and and how to how to properly operate it but it's it's different here and it's really hard unless you've worked 
on these roads and seeing the type of activity and the number of driveways or, or intersections in and off of, from lease road to, to state highway, farm to market roads, until you've actually seen those interactions between the vehicles, it's really, really hard to understand that if you're just sitting and starting out in a, in a driver's school somewhere in a community college, you know, back east. Right, right. No, I mean, I have a whole new appreciation for Caliche after exactly. <laughs> moving here, right? So you said you guys meet quarterly. When's the next meeting? So our next meeting is actually a little bit of a special meeting. So it's uh, our Goal Zero Rally is what we call it. It's on November 7th at the Wagner Noel in Midland. And, and this this uh, event is really about involving the community. So most of the, the four meetings we do a year typically are industry and, and government and, and non-government folks coming in to, to work with us. But this one is really about encouraging the community interaction with with the industry. So it's a couple of things. We are we're educating on on the same sorts of things about you know wearing your seatbelt and not being distracted drivers, but also how to operate a, 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 a regular vehicle amongst these heavy trucks. Right. Those sorts of tips, but also bringing in speakers and, and, and guests to come in and talk about what we as companies can do, what we as employers can do to change behaviors, but also to a little bit of, provide a little bit of a shock value too to you know. these fatality numbers aren't just industry numbers these are community numbers the way I look at it so this is also the the person that 2 o'clock in the morning that leaves the bar and decides it was okay to drive after having several drinks so this, this event really is trying to hone in on all the different causes of, of vehicle accidents and fatalities and and drive home a message that we have to do things differently. The, the culture of driving in Texas that we take for granted can no longer be taken for granted, especially when you have this much activity on roads that weren't planned for it. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a really great mission and I, I'm optimistic that it's going to have a real impact. So you want to give the folks the website again and then contact information on uh, who they should reach out to if they're interested in, in volunteering or do you guys have anything else that you're looking for? You know, maybe somebody's listening and they say, you know, that kind of rises a passion yeah. in me, right? Like I want to get involved. So, so. I, I want to do two, three things. Yeah. So one of them is the, the, the website again is permianroadsafety.org. has all the information on, on the upcoming events, how you can get involved. Again, the best practices are available there and, and, and some really, uh, really good links for, for employees and employers. And we'll put that up in the show notes, oh, too, awesome. so that, that folks have access to that. Thanks. The, the other piece I, I just want to recognize before we leave is that the, the, the folks at TechStot have been amazing partners with this. So they, they've never before had a relationship with industry quite like this, where we actually sit at the table and help them with their planning. So we, we plan for you know, future projects coming up so that we can avoid those uh, intersections and those busy ways, but also they're seeking input from from our drivers, from our industry drivers on where they need to be spending dollars. That's great. So we went to Austin on their behalf and said, look, you know, the the funding mechanisms for for the state of Texas are focused on congestion and population, neither of which we have in West Texas. However, we have a significant industry that is producing amazing tax, taxes and royalties for the state of Texas that are being spent on everything else across Texas. So we're incredibly important to the economy. And so we were able to connect those dots with both our legislative members, but also TxDOT and DPS and help attract dollars to their, their programs that are going to make an immediate impact here in the Permian Basin. So wow. it's, a, it's a huge piece that I don't, I don't want to miss out on uh, and recognizing those folks as partners in this really unique organization. And the third thing is just to, to remind folks that that the state of Texas hasn't had a day without a fatality since November 7th, the year 2000. 
Wow. So that, it, that's it helped, that's really to help your, uh, to help your listeners really understand what day that was. That's the day we were fighting over hanging chads to decide the presidency between Al Gore and President Bush. So that's a really, really long time ago, 18 years since the last day without a fatality. Our, our, our goal, zero event, our, our, it will be a safety stand down theme uh, on November 7th. And it's on November 7th for a reason to really put an exclamation point on the fact that we have to do a better job. The state of Texas is an amazing place to live and work. We're all very, very proud to be Texans. We shouldn't be proud about this and we have to make a difference. Right. Well, great. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. And I hope you guys have a great rest of the conference. Great. Thanks for having okay, us. Thanks. So now that we've heard from Scott and learned a little bit more about the Permian Basin Road Coalition, this next interview is with Ashley at the Truckers Against Trafficking. And I just wanted to give my usual shout out to our sponsor. Thank you so much. Today's podcast is sponsored by ThoughtTrace, developers of Alley, an artificial intelligence platform that reads and understands energy agreements and contracts to quickly find critical data. ThoughtTrace, let the software do the reading. Don't forget to go to www.thoughttrace.com slash podcast drawing to sign up for our weekly drawing for an awesome power bank so that you're not schlepping through the airport or at some festival or some other amazing place without juice for your phone. Great little portable power bank that I love and use all the time. And next we're going to sit down and talk with Ashley and learn more about what we can do to prevent trafficking. So hope you guys enjoy this. Good morning. This is Sarah. I'm here with Ashley Smith, and she's working with Truckers Against Trafficking, right? Yes. And we, I don't, I can't remember how we met Ashley. I think I just found you on LinkedIn or saw something where you were coming out to the Permian Basin, but we're actually sitting here um, with a beautiful view of the Mississippi River. I should have put you on the other side so that you could see it, but we're in my New Orleans office. So thanks for driving in and joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here. I don't think I've ever seen New Orleans quite from this view, so it's nice to be here. And you avoid the bourbon, the bourbon Street smell when you're this far up, right? Yeah, we've really <laughs> avoided all of that, so we're good. So, you know, I, I probably, again, like some of my other episodes, when people first start listening, they're like, okay, if this is supposed to be about legal issues and risk management issues, now we're talking about trafficking. Mm-hmm. But really, trafficking is something that is really impacting the oil and gas sector. And even if people are not compelled from an emotional standpoint or just a, uh, I don't know the right word, but if this isn't, doesn't bother people from a strictly, this is a wrong thing to be going on kind of thing for, as a lawyer and as a advising companies, anytime you've got something that's illegal and dangerous going on, it puts the company and individuals at risk. So I'm excited about talking about it today and learning what people can do. So just before we kind of get into it, can you give me a little bit about your background and how you got started in this? Sure. Well, I started with Truckers Against Trafficking in January of 2018. So we're over a year. I've been with the organization. Before this, I did education, community relations, and a little bit of human resources. And I learned about Truckers Against Trafficking. And I saw a job posting that they were wanting to expand their oil and gas presence. And I've been on the outskirts of oil and gas. My mom works in the industry, my husband, all of my in-laws. So 
they always use all those words, upstream, <laughs> midstream, you call it. At one point, I just tuned them out. And then all of a sudden, I was like, the industry that I've heard a lot about growing up and now an issue that's important to me really kind of came together. So once I saw that, I was like, this is something that hits all the points of something I was interested in and something that I could make a positive impact. So I interviewed, I got the job, and I really got to learn a lot about how industry specifically can make a positive impact on such a, a heinous crime and really have those action steps to make make a change and make a difference in the world. Right. And so before I learned a little bit more about this, I think a lot of us are ignorant. We think human trafficking isn't happening in the U.S., right? We're not in a third world country. This is ridiculous. But can you just kind of give some background on what the definition of trafficking is and how it's a problem. It really is a problem in the U.S. Sure. So some first off, the, the definition of human trafficking is the exploitation of human beings through force, fraud, or coercion for either the purposes of commercial sex. So that could be prostitution, brothels, strip clubs, usually being controlled by pimps. And it's also forced labor or labor trafficking. So you're thinking construction work, domestic labor, sweatshops, agricultural fields, and a third party is making a profit off of that person. So that's really the, the definition. A lot of people confuse it with smuggling, where smuggling is a crime against the border and trafficking is a crime against a person. So there's differences in that. And globally, they say that there are 40 million people that are of victims of human trafficking. So that's that's a lot, and yeah. that's happening right here. The human trafficking hotline has gotten calls from all 50 states and Washington, D.C., and your big cities and your small towns across the country. So there's no community or no set of people that are really protected from this, and that's because human trafficking is said to be a $150 billion criminal enterprise. So you think that that's the second largest it's lower than drug trafficking, but it's higher than arms trafficking. That's pretty horrific. I mean, I don't know yes. the right word, but that's, it's astounding mm -hmm. and, and horrific. So what is Truckers Against Trafficking? Sure. So we are a nonprofit. We seek to educate, equip, empower, and mobilize members of the trucking and related industries to combat human trafficking as a part of their regular jobs. So we have a training that we provide to trucking companies. We also rolled out a busing training, and now we're working on an oil and gas training, and it's free. The long version of our truck training is 26 minutes. And it really gives truckers that basis of what to look for, what the crime is, and how they can report it. So I know that on the legal side of things, I know lawyers are probably like, oh, no, we don't want our employees going out and rescuing and doing this because that, that's a risk. So we, we always direct bystanders to make the call. They either call the National Human Trafficking Hotline with information and location, or they call local 911 or sheriff's offices. So that bystander intervention of making that call and leaving the, the rescuing and the recovery to law enforcement. Right. So for those that are listening, and our podcast listeners are a lot of times people that are stuck in long commutes or right traveling or guys that are offshore and may not have reliable internet, and so they download episodes so that they can listen to it. So for those that are stuck in their car or, or, or sitting on a platform somewhere, kind of can you give us some big picture things that they need to be looking for 
to spot trafficking? Sure. So there are two red flags is first, anybody under the age of 18 that is selling sex, that's automatically a crime. If you're under the age of 18, you do not have the ability to consent. So they are a human trafficking victim. So even if you're not sure, if you're like, maybe on the edge, make that call because you don't know. And that will get law enforcement out there or it'll make a report of that happening in that specific area. So anybody under the age of 18, and if there's any evidence of pimp control, so if a car comes up and drops off multiple people, or you see a, an older man with a younger female, and there's an age, and they they look like they're, you can kind of see when you see a situation and you're like, that doesn't look right. Right, just a gut feeling of something's mm-hmm. off here. Yep. And then, of course, if you're traveling, the seasons don't always change that much down here. But if it's really cold and they're not dressed for the weather, that's one of those like those signs. And if you're traveling, you may see this at hotels and you may see labor trafficking at hotels if they're not speaking the language or if they're there for extended amounts of time. You check in one night and they're still working the next morning and those shifts are kind of off, you can kind of see where things just aren't adding up. And it's just taking that second look to say, that doesn't look right. And you can call the hotline. That number is one 888 Even if you're not sure, there are trained professionals that'll ask those leading questions and they'll make a report so that even if you're wrong, it's better that law enforcement takes a little bit of time to make sure than you say, ah, I don't know, and you walk away. Right. And then that person might be stuck in a situation that they don't know the way out. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. So where are kind of some of the big places? I mean, I know out in the Permian, right, you've got some rural areas or man camps or truck stops. So are you looking, you know, can it be anywhere? I mean, where where are some of the big, I guess, hot places that you've been seeing, especially in the oil and gas sector? So really, there's no one specific place, but traffickers or pimps, they go where where they think they can make money. So where there's large concentrations of people, maybe not a lot of entertainment, lots of men. So that could be near your man camps. That might be at strip clubs. It could be at truck stops. They recruit out of bus stations. So really, there's no one specific area, but you just have to think that when you've got a lot of guys in one place, there's always going to be that criminal that knows what areas to exploit. And you don't want you personally or your business to be exploited by somebody that's committing a crime. Right. And then I know I'm sure somebody out there is thinking, well, if I'm a guy and I'm looking for a prostitute that's of her own volition, right, out there. I don't want to get in trouble, right? So if I call, they're going to think, oh, well, I was out there looking for a prostitute and now I'm going to get in trouble. Is it anonymous? Is there a good way for people to, without incriminating themselves, for lack of a better phrase, right, to report it? So that the national hotline is completely confidential and anonymous, so they can make those calls. And something to to keep a, a thought in the back of your head is that most people out there out there aren't there on their own volition and they didn't choose that life. They didn't wake up and say, this is my, my chosen career path. So you have to keep that. And it's just something that anytime you're exploiting a, a person or a gender, just keep that in the back of your head that most of them aren't making that decision willingly. Yeah. No, I mean, right. It's horrible. <laughs> okay. So 
if they want to learn more, they can go to www.truckersagainsttrafficking.org. Yes. Okay. And then if they're interested in having someone come and do training or hand materials, should they go to that website? Should they contact you? What's the best thing for them to do? They can always go to the website, and we've got a, a general contact email, and that'll get forwarded to me. In the show notes, you will see my email address, and you can also connect with me on LinkedIn, just Ashley Smith, my titles and in, in my headline. So I'm the oil and gas program manager. We do have a lot of – all of our materials are free because we never want a company to say – Uh, It's not in the budget right now. So we have wallet cards that have what to look for, who to call. We've got free training DVDs. We also have all of our training resources digitally. And then we've got posters. We've got safety moment presentation. You personally can present at a meeting. Um, because that's an industry standard. And we also have a webinar that we're rolling out that you can just send to your employees so that they can have a better knowledge of what this crime is and how they can help to to combat it and report it. Right, yeah. And for those that are interested also, you can text INFO or HELP to 233-733 for those millennials out there that can't pick up the phone, right? But they can text. And it's, this is maybe helpful. So if... This is in one of those little wallet handouts that you gave me. And it says, for law enforcement to open an investigation on your tip, they need actionable information. And so things like descriptions of cars, make, model, color, license plate, people, height, weight, age, take a picture if you can, specific times and dates, when did you see the event in question take place, addresses and locations. And, you know, just as an aside, kind of, if you look at the research on eyewitness accounts and things like this, our memories fail us. And, you know, we we think we see things and remember things that we don't. So, yeah, write it down, right, when you see it and make sure that you get as much information as you can because it's better to have too much than not enough, right? And it's always good. So these wallet cards are awesome because you can one, put them in your wallet, or you can put them in the visor of your company vehicle. But if you're seeing that crime, the quicker you make that call, the quicker law enforcement can actually come out and investigate. Because this is, there's not an office building that this is where it's always happening. It's on the move. It's a very transient thing. So you, if you're seeing it, as soon as you can make that call safely, so pull over and make that call, or if you're at a location, just pull out your phone and you can call and they can ask questions. And if you think later on it, you, something clicks in your head, you can always call so that they know locations where things might be happening so they can keep an eye out on it. Right, right. And then I, I liked some of the questions to ask, right? So do you keep your own money? If not, who does? Do your parents, siblings, relatives know where you are? If not, why not? When was the last time you saw your family? Are you being physically or sexually abused? Are you or your family threatened? How? And can you come and go as you please? And then some of the red flags, and I hadn't thought about this, but lack of knowledge of their whereabouts, not in control of their ID, restricted or controlled communication, they're not allowed to speak, any mention of making a quota or having a pimp, signs of branding or tattooing of a trafficker's name, often on the neck. Mm-hmm. And then a van, RV, or vehicle with multiple women in a mainly male area and or dropping women off and picking them up 15 to 20 minutes later, and then signs of bruising. Yeah. I mean, and then it says there is now a lifetime ban on a CDL for any individual who uses their CMV to commit a felony involving a severe form of human trafficking, right? So 
if that's not a, for guys that are out there driving, gals too that are driving, if they are unintentionally become involved or, you know, they get mixed up in something and they think, okay, you know, something's not right here. I need to report this mm -hmm. to go ahead and do that because otherwise their livelihoods on the line, right? And that's more like if they themselves are the criminal. Right. So it's if they're facilitating it and it's that's a newer law. So we haven't seen it go through the courts yet. So it's something good to note, especially for our, our legal minds out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, guys that are out there and they think, oh, I'll make a little bit of extra money or something like that. Right. On the side. And, and it puts not only the company at risk if they're in a company vehicle, but it puts the person's livelihood in. And so it's not worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I really, really appreciate you coming in and chatting with me. Is there anything else? That, are you guys, I mean, I'm sure you're a nonprofit, right? So you're always looking for donations and help. If there's people out there that are interested in, in contributing and becoming a sponsor and helping out. And then are you guys, I know that you're going to be at the Association of Energy Service Companies a meeting coming up. Where did you say that was? In South Texas? Am We've I already done that one. So we oh. were, we're actually speaking at their East Texas chapter meeting in March. Okay. Just, we had spoken at their summer meeting last summer, and now their chapters, if they want us to speak on behalf, if it works with our schedules, we, we come out there and do a presentation for them. Great. So if there's anybody else that's involved in organizations like industry organizations like that, that's a great kind of forum for you guys to get your message across and mm -hmm. for members to learn more about it, right? Yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And I'm going to put all of this great information in the show notes. And then if you guys want to get in touch with Ashley, can I give them your email? Sure. It's asmith at truckersagainsttrafficking.org. Thanks so much for joining me, Ashley. And thank you guys for listening. And I have to give a little shout out before we leave to Ashley. She knows that I like unicorns. And she brought me the most adorable unicorn cookies I've ever seen. And where are these from, Ashley? I, I live in South Mississippi. So we have a, a small baker. She's called like the Sweet Spot. And she, she does them by hand. And I get to see her at her local farmer's market every couple weeks. And it was a good excuse to get to buy some cute unicorn cookies. Yeah. I'm going to put a picture up of these. Because seriously, if you guys are ever in that area, you've got to check out, because I, I can only imagine if her cookies are this cute with unicorns, how great everything else is. So thanks so much. Thank you. If you guys could do me a favor and like, leave a review for this podcast, that's the best way for us to get exposure and let other people discover how much fun we can have reviewing insurance and risk management issues. Mm -hmm.